Yes, welcome back. This is How Did I Get Here, the show where we, of course, ask the question, well, how did you get here? Today, I've got a very special guest because it's a young person who's done some pretty amazing things. Just the age of 17 has started her own social media app all by herself. Pretty amazing stuff. My guest today is Lexi McDonald, who has started the app Her Help. Lexi, thanks for joining me today. <laughs> Thank you for the introduction. I'm so excited to be here. Look, first of all, I'm sure the question that you've been asked quite a lot, what is Her Help? Yeah, so Her Help is a social media app with a difference. So it's all about encouraging, guiding and supporting users through daily challenges and literally just creating that safe space online that people can go. Hmm. Uh, so we'll start off with a bit of your high school experience. Um, I know from a bit of my research that you did yourself suffer a bit of bullying and mental health issues. What was your experience at high school like? Yeah, good question. Um, yes, bullying. I feel like no one goes through high school unharmed, right? And whatever the issue is, there's always an issue. No one's like, oh, my high school experience was perfect. I was untouchable the whole time. <laughs> like, <laughs> growing up's hard and navigating through trying to figure out who you are in, you know, an environment full of other people doing the same is really tricky. So for me, it was definitely um, being bullied growing up was probably the hardest part and having relationships and then, you know, them not working out out and all of that you know that comes with being a high school student all the drama that becomes with female friendships um but yeah I found that really really tricky as well as my parents went through a divorce yeah I feel like everyone has a story growing up and for mine that was definitely it hmm. uh, we'll get into like the app in just a moment because obviously that addresses a lot of those concerns but for you personally what was the experience of you know rising above it moving past it like yeah, so empowering to do so, I think. Um, that was probably one of my first like big shifts, right? You've got a challenge and you've got to change your perspective on what's going on. And from that moment, I felt like I just had to become this positive person. It didn't matter what was happening around you. You've just got to, you know, give out to the world what you want to receive. And when you can kind of switch that around, it yeah, makes the world of difference. Hmm. What kind of student would you say you were? <laughs> Good question. I was definitely through high school or the beginning of high school and primary school, I was definitely was the shy kid, the kid that would just sit there, mind her own business, wouldn't raise her hand, um, very unsure of herself. And I guess as I grew and found more confidence in who I was, and I guess uh, I moved to a year 11 and 12 school, I think that helped. Obviously, I talk about that a lot in my journey with her help was, you know, switching schools and moving to an environment where you do find your groove and you do find your people and you find that connectiveness. Um, I felt like I could thrive in that environment. So then stepping out of that. But I guess like all of us, if we're in a situation we don't want to be in, we tend to be a bit more reserved. Hmm. We'd like to ask all, all our guests here, you know, some simple questions about their time at high school, because I think it gives a pretty good insight. So did you have a favourite subject? Oh, I love this question. Yes, I did. I had during my ATAR studies, I did design, mm. a design ATAR course. Uh, it was horrible because it was after hours. The class was from 3.10 to 5.10 on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So not the best timing, but um, it was really cool to start to see like, you know, creative subjects making an appearance. So yeah, I loved my creativeness. Now, obviously, I imagine design played a big role later on in developing her help. Yes, I learned all my Photoshop skills, all the, <laughs> yeah, right down to the basics. It was very beneficial, definitely. Now, other side of the coin, least favourite subject? Ooh, 
Probably maths, only because I had a really <laughs> horrible maths teacher. Someone, I feel like we all have teachers that like, you know, they're the teacher, they know more than us, but he was scary. Like he would, you'd ask a question, he goes, well, you're not listening. If you're asking <laughs> those kind of questions, you shouldn't be in this class. Like, it's just like, so you sit there and you're like, oh my goodness, I hate this class. Because <laughs> you're just, you're just, yeah, treated like you're stupid, which I was because I hated maths. But like, yeah, not my fave. Hmm. Now, would you describe yourself as a, a teacher's pet or a troublemaker? A uh, teacher's pet. Teacher's <laughs> Me pet, going, yeah. hmm, could I be? No, I do not <laughs> be a goody two-shoes <laughs> through and through. I used to get in trouble for talking, but I don't think that. Yeah. <laughs> I think everyone did. <laughs> <laughs> now, outside of the classroom at school, uh, were you involved in anything else, any other curricular activities that you really enjoyed? Ooh, I have... I have a horse. So that was right. mine. I never had time for like, yeah, like team sports, which maybe that would have been great. But yeah, I just loved riding my horse. So that was a very, I guess, solo thing for me to do. But yeah, that's what I did outside of school. What was your horse's name? Uh, Gracie. Gracie. Oh, I love that. Um, <laughs> now you went to, uh, you are from Bunbury, which uh, for our listeners, if you don't know, is a town just south of Perth here in WA. Uh, what's what is in your opinion you know, the difference between regional and urban learning? Yeah, I love this. Well, I don't really have much to compare it to. To be fair, mm. I actually did a talk at an all girls school up in Perth a few weeks ago, and just like driving there, I was like, oh my goodness, this is all the school. Like, it's just <laughs> insane to me how big city schools can be. I had no idea. Like, I'm used to like one class per year grade, like it being very, very small. Um, I think there's pros and cons definitely to both. I think all the teachers know you by name and get to really, you get to experience and have that, you know, more of that homely relationship as such. But the other side of that, and I guess the, what I struggled with most was definitely that community. Like if you hate the 50 kids that you're grouped up with, like that's it. Like there's no room to grow, nowhere to move. Like those are the kids you're going to have from kindergarten all the way up to year 12, unless you move school. So that was probably the most challenging is the lack, lack of, community. Mm. Now at age 17, uh, when you're in year 12, I want to say, you have this idea for her help. Where does it come from? Yeah, I love this. So it very much came from moving to that year 11 and 12 school. So as I said, I was at the same same kids from kindy all the way up to year 10 and didn't really get along with any of those people. And I moved schools for my subjects. So like this new year 11 and 12 school had like design and arts and all the subjects I was really keen on doing. So I didn't move necessarily for friendship groups. I moved because those were the subjects I thought about. But what came along with that was so amazing. So I managed to find people that like I'm still completely and utterly talked to every day and love so much um, and found my people. But with that, I also got to talk to hundreds of kids that I never would have spoken to before and realise that whole thing around no one goes through school unharmed. No one, you know, just breezes through. Everyone has a story. And through that, I was like, cool, I want to create a safe space for these people to go. I found myself wanting to ask people, you know, their stories and hear their side of things and give them advice on the things they were going through. And I was like, it's so intimidating to sometimes have that conversation with someone in person. So how can we take this online so that they feel like they have a space digitally so I had no idea how to make an app I was like cool an app is always on your phone is there when you need it that's what I'm gonna do had no idea how to do it so hopped onto YouTube and searched up how to make an app and (laughs) figured the rest out yeah so this is something that I I found when I was looking into you you know you learnt 
coding off YouTube, which I think, first of all, is amazing because coding, I think, is gibberish to me. What, do you count yourself as a fast learner or was that a difficult experience? Um, <laughs> I think I'm persistent is what I'd class myself as, sometimes annoyingly persistent. <laughs> um, I just, it was not necessarily that I'm a fast learner or a, it was more the fact that like I wanted this so bad and I was going to find a way around it. So the app that I launched in my bedroom at 17 was basic and wasn't exactly what I wanted it to be, but I was like, cool, this is like a start, right? This is better than not doing it at all. So I didn't know what I didn't know. I thought I could make the next Facebook in my bedroom, just me with no app skills. Turns out I couldn't, but um, it progressed me so much more forward. So, yeah. You're 17 years old and you're saying to people, I want to start an app, I want to start a social media network. Do do you have any pushback from people? You know, do they say, oh, you know, in your dreams or something? Or is there a lot of support going on? Oh, I love this. I didn't tell anyone I was Ah. doing this. Because I was, I knew that if someone said that, I would have stopped because I truly didn't believe in myself. Like it just sounded stupid. Like in my head, I was like, cool, I'm going to make this out. And I sat there just secretly in my bedroom after school, like figuring it out and making it happen. But I didn't want to be like, guys, guess what? I'm going to make it up. I have no idea how to do it, but watch me do it. So it literally even wasn't until I got the email from Apple. So you get an email once your app has been approved and it says, congratulations, your app's been approved. It'll be on the app store within 24 hours. And I got that email at like midnight and I was like, oh my gosh, like I've got to tell everyone, like who do I tell? (laughs) (laughs) So I spent all the next day, you know, uh, I'm so close with my family. So messaging my family, my nanas and being like, okay, so this is what I've done before I then launched it to the world. I kind of just didn't tell anyone until it was up and ready. Hmm. Uh, starting off with a new app, I imagine there's a lot of challenges. You know, uh, we talked about coding, but also, you know, funding it. What what uh, challenges did you face early on? Yes, so many, so, so many. <laughs> um, and just in the entrepreneurial world in general, like I never started off being like, cool, this is me, I'm going to be an entrepreneur, this is going to be my business, this is like everything I want. It was kind of just like I saw a problem, wanted to create that solution and then kind of grew from there. So even to the point that the day I launched the app, I was like got asked to be on a radio interview that afternoon and for someone that's a quite shy person or wasn't really sure of what to do, like getting the headphones on and sitting in front of a studio of people talking about something that you hadn't even said out loud before was terrifying. Mm. (laughs) So even as simple as that, but um, bigger struggles, I guess, as I said, the app that I made in my room wasn't what I wanted it to be. So I set out on a mission that I wanted it to be designed, created by a professional app developer. So after I launched the app, literally a week after I launched the app, I was like, cool, okay, let's make this better. So designed it screen by screen, button by button, exactly how I wanted everything to look and sent it to an app development company here in Perth and got quoted $2.2 million for an app developer to make my designs a reality. So on my journey, a lot of <laughs> ups and downs. $2.2 million, that's a lot of money. Did you? Was that a shock to you? Yes, that was not what I was expecting, especially when you have a fully like working prototype, you've got all the buttons, you've got all the designs, you have it all set out. You're in my head. I was like, cool, I've done half the work. Like it looks like what it should. Like if I have it on my phone and zoom in, look, it like looks like it's an app on your phone. Like surely it can't be any more complicated than that. So that number was really scary to me. (laughs) 
I, th- I don't think it should be understated that you're doing this while you're at school, really. Um, well, how are you balancing school and developing an app at the same time? Yeah, procrastination. <laughs> I am a big procrastinator. And I think that was one of the reasons I thought this was such a cool idea because obviously I was studying for my ATAR at the time. And there, in my opinion, there was nothing more boring than having to read over my economics like <laughs> notes for the day. Yeah. So I was like, cool, what else can I do instead? <laughs> So I think <laughs> my procrastination very much helped me get this app up and running. But as for juggling, I decided of the ATAR that I needed and figured out the work that I needed to put in to make that happen. And I did manage to get that to happen. But I also knew that I didn't need a 99.9 ATAR. So um, I was able to split my time and be like, okay, cool. Like I still want a life outside of this. My year 12 was crazy. I was having this Her Help app. I was in a long distance relationship, which takes up so much time. And I was trying to do my ATAR subjects and move out. And there was so much going on. But I just realized like how much I needed to study so that all this rest of this stuff in my life could happen as well. Before the app kind of materialises, what was, you know, your dream? What did you want to do after school before all this happens? Yeah, good question. Honestly, I had no idea. (laughs) I had so many people that I'd followed through school and they're like, I want to be a nurse. And from when they were five, they're like, I want to be a nurse. And now they're nurses and they have an amazing career and they're doing their dream. And for me, I was like, that is not the case for me at all. I have no idea what I wanted to do. And I guess that's why I did ATAR is I was like, cool, this buys me another two years. Like I don't have to decide (laughs) now. I can decide later. Um, But yeah, no idea. And I think there's so much pressure on us to to know what we want to do and to have that all planned out. And um, the truth is you don't have to have anything planned out. Just like go with it. Hmm. The app has been launched now, you know, it's live. What kind of success have you seen so far? Yeah. So I've had her help for three years now. I'm 20. Mm, so yeah. um, it's been really cool. We've uh, The app's now worth um, over $2 million, which is crazy. Um, we've got over 100 professionals on the app. So everything from personal trainers, meditation experts, psychologists, doctors, the whole lot with hundreds of bits of content um, to help with overall mental health and wellness. And I've got, you know, over 10,000 users on the app. We've had um, people message telling us that they wouldn't be here without the platform. Mm. It's truly turned into an amazing, like, internationally known brand instead of something that I just did in my room. <laughs> I think for a lot of people, you know, app development, it can seem very foreign. You know, the apps are something that's on your phone. You don't think about it too much. What is, how do you measure success as an app developer? Oh, I love this. Measuring success for me was literally seeing the impact it had on people Mm. and the messages I get daily about, wow, like this space has helped me so much and just constant, constant messages about how much this has helped their stories, how this has influenced and the advice that they've gotten has helped them to do this, this and this. Like... I am not much of a business person when it comes to, you know, stats and figures and that kind of thing. I think the true measurement of how successful this has been is just the people that it's helped. Now, you're not satisfied just to be an app developer right now. You're also studying uni at Curtin. Uh, How are you going balancing those two, running an app, studying a university degree? Yeah. Um, Again, not great. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I study part-time. 
um, which I'm loving just for that balance. I think mm. um, you can have both, but with this being my priority, the app being my priority, um, I understand that opportunities like this and the growth and the things that I'm doing now, like, will go away if I don't constantly pursue it. Well, a university degree can always be there and I can just chip away at it as I go. Hmm. Over the past few years since the app has been launched, you've copped a few awards, some nominations, recognitions. I could read them all out, but I think we'd be here for a very long time. <laughs> Is there, what's, what's a highlight for you so far? Is there one that stands out? Of the awards? Oh, hmm. I love this. Um being named WA Young Person of the Year for Innovation was mm -hmm. really, really cool. Um, that title's amazing. Um, but probably the highlight would have been the last awards, which was the Women in Technology Awards. I won my category for innovation and entrepreneurship. And the reason why that was so powerful to me is actually back in 2019, that was the first proper event I ever went to. Mm. I was so nervous. It was two days before my ATAR, my English ATAR <laughs> exam. And I had no idea what I was doing. I was so stressed about it that I was too busy focused on this to even think about my ATAR. But I had to get up in front of a room full of 700 professional women from all industries across WA, the most successful women were in that room. And I had to talk to them on the stage being 17 year old me that have launched an app for four months. And I was like, this is me, this is what it's about. And it was the scariest, most rewarding thing I ever did. So being able to go back three years later and win an award and be in that room again and people coming up and being like, wow, like we remember you talking at that event. Like that was probably a very full circle moment for me. Mm. What does the future for you and for her, her help look like? Yeah, I love this question. Um, <laughs> very bright. I'm a dreamer. So <laughs> 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 It'd be worse if I said, oh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> the her help app updates its content every week. So mm -hmm. we've constantly got new things from, you know, yoga, financial advice, career coaching, everything updates every week, which is always keeping me on my toes. Um, but more so than that features are added all the time and just, yeah, continuing to make it grow and make it better so that it can be sustainable for so many people to use. Mm. Uh, is there any big plans for the future for yourself? Yeah. Um, just keeping it growing. Mm -hmm. Short-term plans, I <laughs> go to Malaysia tomorrow for two weeks to oh, volunteer um, over there. I've, gone, I've got offered an all-expenses trip to Malaysia to work with communities to help them grow and to help tackle any challenges they're facing. That's really cool. <laughs> um, but more so than that, just... Yeah, I have so much on my plate, but if I'm able to help people, like, I, the more I can do that, the better. So Malaysia tomorrow, uni, app development, you're just really busy, aren't you? <laughs> yes, <laughs> I wouldn't have it any other way. Now, some reflective questions now. Um, first of all, as somebody who's gone through this process, you know, you've of course been successful at school and now at uni, but you've also had that side project. Do you think there's a really good value in young people, you know, investing their time in something outside of school? Definitely. And I can't preach that enough. Mm. Um, even if you don't want to start a business or you don't envision yourself being a CEO, honestly, the experiences and the opportunities you get from doing something outside the box. I think for so long and speaking 
into, you know, my manners and my parents. Um, and a university degree was held at such, such a high regard because it wasn't very common and it was something that made you stand out from the crowd. Um, but now we all work so hard <laughs> and university degrees are so much more common and you're not just standing out in front of the crowd if you have that bit of paper. It can take a little bit more than that as well. So for me, even on my journey, examples of this, I was 18 and I was looking for someone to develop the app and I had my designs and handed it to an app developer. And the boss said, who designed these screens for you? And I said, oh, I did. And they looked at it and on the spot offered me a job mm. at their development agency. And I worked there for a year developing and designing apps for clients. And then through that connection, I was, because I studied social media marketing at Curtin. And through those connections, by the end of the year, I was working for a social media marketing company that had clients like Spotify and Afterpay. Um, which is like the highlight, the top of like, if you were social media marketing, that's like the dream job. That's where you want to be. And I was there at 18, you know, a year into my university degree and they didn't even ask to see my degree or ask me if I was university. They saw what I was doing and wanted me to jump on board. And since then, like every few weeks, I'll be in a meeting with the CEO of a company and they'll offer me a job. So I think that um, definitely, even if you don't want to be a CEO of a company, um, showing your employer all the cool stuff you're doing just stands you above the crowd tenfold. Mm. Part of running an app, obviously, is leadership. You know, you're, you have to lead what you want to do. What does leadership look like for a young person these days? Yeah, it can be honestly anything. Like, just show that you go above, you see a problem and you want to fix it. Show that you have initiative. That's the biggest thing as well is that's what employees really do want to see is, okay, well, what value are we going to bring to the team? Like, yes, you can read a book and write answers about it, but like, show me real world stuff. Show me, can you, you know, see a problem? Can you fix it? Can you help someone? Can you, you know, those real world things. Leadership can look like so many different things. It can be a leader to yourself. It can be a leader to your family. It can be a leader to a community. Um, but just, yeah. Being even that little change in the world can highlight you and step you above others. Hmm. A couple of final questions that we ask everyone here on the podcast. Is there anything you'd change along the way? Oh, um, this is a good question. No one's ever asked me this. Um, I don't think so. Hmm. I think there's definitely moments that I wish that I wouldn't get so beat down about things. I feel like as an entrepreneur, um, there are so many times where you get a no or you get a knockback or you get someone, a plan that had been set in stone and then it's been pulled and it can really affect you. Um, but just believe that you'll find a way out of it or if something you thought was going to happen and it doesn't, just, yeah, just don't dwell on it for too long because there'll be something better around the corner. Mm. Final question here for you. Bit of a hypothetical. If 15-year-old Lexi is sitting in front of you, what advice are you giving her? Oh, <laughs> fix your hair no <laughs> um, I would say like this is all temporary the issues you have at school right now and the things that you're going through and the challenges you're facing I promise you aren't going to last forever they are things that you don't even remember happening anymore like just get through it hold your head high stay positive stay your true self doesn't matter what anyone else thinks everyone's going to have an opinion no matter what you say just do you, 
and work your little ass off because <laughs> it'll come back to help you later. <laughs> mm. Can't say it any better than that. That has been How Did I Get Here for today. Look us up on our social, student underscore edge on Instagram, student edge on TikTok. Search us up, student edge, or how did I get here on YouTube and head to studentedge.org for all our articles, podcasts, deals, competition, career tips, education advice, and much, much more. Lexi, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you so much.